Hey everybody, welcome back to the Linux Cast. I'm your host Matt, and I'm Tyler. Yes, he is. This is t- this is the Linux Cast. We talk about Linuxy things. It's an amazing, amazing podcast that you've probably just heard about because of our fame and fortune. I don't know. What oh I yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, we talk about Linuxy stuff, and that's what we're gonna do today. Now, this is the first episode of our like kind of revamped uh, show format, show notes thing. Instead of doing a main topic, we're gonna talk about news and stuff. So we have some really good news to talk about. So let's go ahead and jump in. But before we do, uh, Tyler, what have you been doing in the world of Foss this week? Um, kind of just. Enjoying the Steam Deck. Um, uh, so I'm going to be doing some stuff with Dvorak. And by going to, I've already started. But I'm going to do a live stream tomorrow. Because hopefully, fingers crossed, no crazy crap will go down. This weekend's been hella hectic. But hopefully tomorrow will be a little bit of a clearer day. And I'll be able to do a little bit of a live stream like I've been wanting to do. But I'm going to do a Void Linux install. And... Um, do that with D- Dvorak and set up and do a live stream, do all that stuff, t- hopefully tomorrow. But I've been using Dvorak and messing around with my Steam Deck, and it's been pretty nice. Um, I'm still slow as hell with Dvorak. It's not surprising, um, but fingers crossed it'll get better. And um, yeah, uh, I've just been messing around I started uh, playing around with doing a daisy local like uh, server on the on the steam deck and so like hosting my own like private daisy server and playing it on the steam deck together it's pretty fun it's pretty good mm-hmm. so yeah that's pretty much all I've been up to all right, about so, you man so we should talk about the Dvorak thing so you were challenged by Josh who is in the chat mm-hmm. by the way uh, to do the Dvorak thing and I decided to do it with you and so you lasted on it longer than I did. Congratulations. Um, I did get faster than you, but I couldn't st- I couldn't handle the shortcuts. And despite the suggestion of remodding different keys to do it, it's just it's just easier for me to go back to QWERTY. So I went back to QWERTY yesterday. Um, so I too have been spent I I too spent the week with Dvorak, and there are many things to like about Dvorak. I mean, the, all the most popular keys on the home row is fantastic. Like, it was really easy for me to pick up for a lot of things. Um, but the mod keys that control S and control Z just wouldn't work. Not when I can't use the right mod keys. I just could not get my fingers down there to do those comfortably. So I kept having to use the left mod keys and the S and the Z are on the other side. So it became a two-handed mod uh, operation and it just was not something that I could pick up. Uh, but overall, it was a good experience. And it's made me think about using Colmac again uh, because the, it doesn't move the S or the Z. Um, so that yeah, that's uh, one thing that I did. But also, I've been spring cleaning, uh, even though it's October. Uh, so I got a little confused, I guess, but, uh, and it's not really like I've been cleaning like my house or anything, although we've been doing that too, but I've been going through a lot of my, my directories and stuff on like my external hard drive and getting a whole bunch of stuff out of there, uh, kind of removing a whole bunch of data that I just don't need. So that's why I've been messing around with that other than that. Just, it's just been work. Uh, I had the, uh, urge a couple days ago to a uh, distro hop. I, I refrained from distro hopping. I was a good boy. Good. Um, but you wanted the, the funniest thing, uh, the, the reason why I wanted to distro hop or why the, the thought popped into my head, you're going to laugh your ass off. It's because I saw someone using Gnome. I was like, Hey, that looks really cool. <laughs> I swear to God, there's this, somebody linked yes. in my, somebody linked yes. in my discord. <laughs> Uh, a thing that you you're use, finally doing it. You're Gnome finally opening up. Share your true feelings. <laughs> you did predict that that would happen. It didn't happen, but it almost happened. <laughs> well, they were, oh. the way he was using it was like, well, you and maybe I have been using GNOME wrong all of these years, and that's why I didn't like it. Um, there's there's still some really stupid paradigms in GNOME. Don't get me wrong, but the way he was using, it, like, oh, that looks really cool. Um. I should probably try to find Boys and girls, this is what we call flirting. <laughs> and this is how the love affair starts. 
public, the public one, the private one's been going on for years now, but the public one, this is how it starts. I'm so excited for you, Matt. This is great. I, I cannot wait for you to fall in love with Kano. Okay, I'm going to share this um, uh, video that I watched that caused me to do to uh, almost almost hop. Um, I shared it in the chat. But anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that almost happened. Like, it, like God, I almost like, maybe I need to go use a GNOME distro for a little while. I wanted something a little bit di different, but no. Um, but I did think, so like Fedora 37 is coming out like in three days or something like that. I think it's the 25th. I think instead of doing an in-place upgrade, I'm going to do a fresh install and install the GNOME version again. Um, I know, <laughs> but I've, like I told you, I've been doing this spring cleaning and KDE installs just so much stuff. I'm trying to get rid mm -hmm. of some of that stuff and I just never use KDE. Like I've, the only KDE app now that I use is Crusader. Like it's the only one. Um, I'm not getting rid of Crusader, so that's going to keep a lot of the dependencies on my, uh, thing. Also, let me, I just need to rant about this for a second, but, uh, Developers, stop including dependencies in your applications that they don't need. Um, like, I mean, I'm not a developer, but there are some things that are blatantly, obviously, that you don't need in your app. So today I installed Thunar just to help out somebody who left a comment. And uh, did you know that thing downloads basically everything that's XFCE? It downloads the panel. It downloads four or five extra things that you... I mean, why does it need the panel? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um... Just to download a file manager. Like, I'd expect that from Nautilus. I don't expect that from a thing that comes with XFCE, okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just really weird for me. Um, anyways, yeah. That's uh, that's what's been kind of happening in, in my world. Um, I have a fascination with GNOME now. Uh, I don't think it's a good fascination. I doubt very much that um, I'm going to end up, you know, actually using it. But it... How kind of want to use it kind of i don't know it's really it's, it's totally okay love can be scary at first <laughs> all right uh i i doubt i leave a tiling in a manager for it. i i doubt it all right anyways moving on to the contact information um the contact information i probably should write that shit down anyways <laughs> uh <laughs> you can find all of our contact information at you at the linuxcast.org slash contact that's where you'll find all of our links and stuff like that so if you don't want to listen to this part you can skip ahead um of course you can't skip ahead right now if you're watching live because that part hasn't happened yet unless you're like um you know time traveler or something i don't know um i did not get enough sleep last night, so i'm just gonna be really fucking silly anyways um email email at the linuxcast.org is where you can get in contact with us i do read the emails i do not reply to emails very well so if you've emailed me and i haven't replied i'm not you're not special in that <laughs> i just don't reply very often and, and very well so i apologize for that um usually i just do them in batches like once a month so i I'm sorry, um, but I do read them when they come in because like they, they pop up, I go read them and like uh, replying is just oh man, I, I'm too lazy. I don't know. Anyways, uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Mastodon, all those links. Uh, the links cast.org slash contact. Tyler is on YouTube uh, at youtube.com slash zanyog. He's also on Odyssey. I believe the username is the same. I'm not sure. Um, I, I I would go ahead and say uh, try. To be on those platforms is a he makes, good way of saying it. He makes it. the occasional video to real, you know, yeah. to do things. Uh, you can subscribe to the Linux Cast at YouTube.com/slash the Linux Cast. Please do so. I appreciate that. And um, what else? I think that that's it. I think that's the contact information. Uh, YouTube.com or uh, excuse me, the LinuxCast.org is the website where you'll find all of the latest and greatest uh, podcasts that we do. Uh, all the way, all the way back to season one, uh, and also blog posts. I blog post once a week. So, uh, and I mean, I don't think anyone's given you credit as of late, but we all should. Um, congrats on getting the website up. Okay, like you, it, it was so long that you were promising <laughs> every single episode, like it was going to be up, and now you haven't had to mention that because it exists. 
for a long time. Like, that's awesome. Totally not my doing. Someone else did it for me. So, <laughs> your, yours did it for me. Don't tell on yourself. Um, Don't tell on yourself. Uh, J-Dog um, gets the credit for that. Um, I get the credit for maintaining it now, uh, putting the stuff on there. But without him... The, I mean, okay, I should I should be better, fair to myself because I did put the website up to begin with, but I was very bad at updating it because it required a lot of work. He totally redid it and redid it in Eleventy so that I was able to update it with Markdown and stuff, so it was way better. So, um, yeah. Um, thank you, J Dog. I appreciate that. Anyways, I I just I felt really guilty there for taking credit for, so I had to pop in there and say, not, not not my doing. All right. So I sit before we move on. Uh, Zero Linux official. Check out uh, Zero Linux. Uh, I almost fell for GNOME too. Even built a GNOME ISO of Zero Linux. Um, but stuck on R42X seems that they will directly jump to R42 in Arch. Arch is yeah, skipping Arch 43? All right, I don't understand that. Um, but Ooh. thanks for the super chat. Um, that doesn't make sense. Does that make sense to you in Arch? It, it, well, I mean, there's a lot of Arch decisions that don't make sense. And uh, yeah, no, I have no idea why they would do that. I mean, that makes no sense. Manjaro might hold the package back, but I've never heard Arch, at least not a major desktop environment. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Also, Josh, I don't know how I offended you. Um, so I apologize if I did. <laughs> I don't know what I said. said. I, I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did. All right. I, I don't even think you said anything um, to be offensive. I mean, I, I'm sure I did, but yeah. All right. So, anyways, moving on to the main part of the show. We're moving into the news links of the week. Uh, don't sing, Matt. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're totally off tune and you can't sing a note don't do it okay so tyler what we're gonna do is we'll go back and forth we'll do you'll do one i do one you do one so uh which one would you like to do first um oh, i wish i could pick one of your links as my link but i guess we'll start it off like dull and kind of boring with my corsair psu uh link so um my article here is one from Pharonix, and it's about the Corsair HX1500i power supply. And the reason we're talking about it is it's got Linux drivers now. Um, and this article is very short, sweet. It's uh, basically saying, like, hey, guess what? Like, yeah, some Linux drivers were added for some Corsair power supplies. Cool. Um, however... It did make me think about something that is kind of an interesting discussion that doesn't need to be very long, but could be very interesting. Um, what's your opinion on drivers being necessary for a power supply? Why are drivers necessary for a power <laughs> supply? Uh, you just should just be able to plug them in. It should work, right? It'd be like plugging. Uh, it'd be like having to have drivers to plug something into a wall. You know? What I mean? Yeah, but also, why would he, why would you want anything with the features that would require a well, driver? I think it's going. On a power supply. I think it's going to end up being because of the the ability to like control the fan speed and stuff like that. And oh, yeah. uh, probably, I mean, come on, let's be honest. It probably has RGB, so you're probably, <laughs> you probably you probably RGB controls, and that's probably what what they're talking about here. Um, also, Josh, what the hell, man? What are you doing? <laughs> I hereby challenge Matt to switch his sway for three months. Um, um, okay. I, I, I will. Uh, I, uh, oh, you're to accept it? Sure. Why not? Sway was on my list of things to do, um, but technically, awesome window manager is next. So, um, we'll talk about that offline. Um, how 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 work that? But sway is now officially happening next. All right. <laughs> Uh, anyways, the the driver thing, I I like how you stopped you stopped yourself from saying thanks, Josh. <laughs> You're like, no, well, no, no I'm not I, gonna do that. I, one. I appreciate the super chat. I, I just was like, fifty bucks for uh, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> just it, it could have been worse. He could have said something like, you got to run Gen two and Rat Poison, um, and and then I would have banned him from my chat. 
<laughs> Boys, everyone in chat, I need you to understand. He didn't even say Gnome there. He came up with rat poison. Like, Gnome's not even punishment anymore. <laughs> I would have like, <laughs> I would have happily used Gnome. <laughs> oh, how the world changes. It's great. <laughs> it's, hor- it's, it's, it's a horrible place to live when Gnome is an acceptable thing to, to be around. Um, anyways... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so back to power supplies and drivers. <laughs> like, yay, fun. <laughs> well, you know. So, anyways, the um, that's what's going to. Well, we're talking like, about a four hundred dollar power supply here, which is a lot of money for a power supply. A ton of money. Yeah. It's like four it, four times more money than you would normally spend on a power supply. Um, it also has a USB. So, it also has a USB C port, from what I'm looking at right now. Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, I, I guess, like, to boil down, like, my article, really, in all honesty, what I'd like to know is, does this kind of stuff make you worried that in the future we're going to end up with, like, the equivalent of power supplies working like Logitech or, like, um, Razer, like, pretty much all peripheral brands where, like, they have software that can do, like, really cool shit, you can't use it if you're on Linux. Like, like, but this creeping into things that like are inside of your computer, like yeah, not even peripheral. It is a little worrying, but also just think about this. Even for even if you use Windows, can you imagine? Because everything that you have to install a driver for has to be running in the background as you run your computer most of the time. Like that's almost almost universally Good true. Point. So like it, like the Synaptics manager, if you use a touchpad, you, that thing's running in the background. It has a system tray icon all the time. Uh, the Bluetooth drivers usually have a, a, a icon in the. I mean, gotta remember this is t- back when I used to use Windows, so they may have changed it by now. I don't even know. But um, can you imagine having to have a sys tray icon for your power supply unit? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, the world we're living in, it's really silly. All right, um, moving on to the next one. I'm going to choose Firefox View. Uh, okay, so Firefox View. If you if you are on a distribution that allows you to update to the latest version of Firefox, which is most of them outside of Debian, which uses the ES, ESR version, um, you probably got the... I think it's version 103, I think is the number. I'm not actually sure about that. Don't quote me. Um, but anyways, they new update to Firefox. And their key feature this time is a pin tab that shows up on the right-hand side. I'm showing this on screen. where It's where my Bitwarden icon is. It, but they put a firefox up icon up there and it's now a like a tab page you click on it and it shows you all of your open tabs on other devices but also uh advertisements for firefox products um so yeah it's um it is something that you can dismiss easily all you gotta do is right click on it and click remove uh, which is nice uh if that had been like google it would have been there permanently so win there but it's a little sure. weird um it, the, this is the this is what me and you talk about all the fucking time. How much development time was put in to this feature that could have been put in to other shit that matters more? Yeah. Um. This, so I'm on, on the screen. I'm showing what Firefox View looks like, and uh, as you can see, it has a big advertisement along the side for Colorways, which is the uh, themes that they are. Pref- like the it's the thing that pops up now that lets you choose the accent color for Firefox. Like you know, because we haven't had themes for 20 years, um, <laughs> they gotta have something new. Uh, grab tabs from your mobile phone or tablet. Get Firefox on mobile. Recently closed. Uh, and tab pickup, whichever, which is open pages from other devices. Um, and this thing is pinned by default when you have this version of of, of Firefox. And like I said. The good news is is that it is removable. Like you can get rid of this thing. Like you don't have to have it. But it just it's one of those things like why what I'm not sure what this brings, you know, that you can already get. Now, yes, a lot of the stuff they buried like this is the weird thing for me. A lot of the stuff that they put on this Firefox View page is stuff that they 
rem- not removed, but buried before. So like the open open stuff on other devices, that used to be mm-hmm. front and center in the hamburger menu on Firefox. Cool. Like you you could cl- you could click on the hamburger menu and say hey he, other tabs on other other devices. Now they've buried it and it's in the hamburger menu and then you click got to click on your account and then you got to click on. Uh, tabs on other devices, and then you can find it. So it's in a, it's like three menus down. Uh, but then they decided it was also important enough to create their own tab page, which is really weird. And they're forcing it on people, which is also really weird. Um, and they put it in, like they put it. The weirdest thing for me is they put it in a place where if you are using a custom user Chrome.css, it like it pops up in a, in like a spot that it's just it's just weird um yeah firefox view who i mean well like i mean when your company is dying or not company but your well yeah when your company's <laughs> flagship product is quite frankly dying uh, and begging for users outside of the linux distro like this is pre-installed shit like beyond that like it is dying and it's losing users by the second just stop coming up with new it it's like it's like the burger shop in the middle of your town where over the past few years their burgers have just gotten shittier and shittier and to like freshen things up and bring people in they keep like remodeling the store but they keep making the same shitty burger like fix the reason why people are leaving firefox and I don't think anyone's leaving Firefox because their Firefox like desktop and mobile versions are out of sync or <laughs> you just can't tell which one's got which on it from the other. They are definitely yeah. leaving it because of the mobile version, but not because of this. The mobile version is just fucking awful. <laughs> you should not use it. It is so um, bad. I have it on my phone. I use it for one single purpose and one purpose only that is horn while traveling <laughs> why because firefox on the phone is a dumpster fire and all of my porn i want thrown in a dumpster fire when i'm done <laughs> <laughs> well that went in a direction that i never thought it was going to do <laughs> But see, th- this is this is why people come to this show. It's honest, okay? Yes, like, look, stay away from the Firefox mobile version. Oh, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's so bad. Um, <laughs> there's just so many things that are wrong with it. So they redid the Android version last year, maybe the year before, and you know, like, oh, this is going to be the 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 mobile update that you were looking forward to, like. No, it's not good. Um, it's not. It's not better than it was before. And it now like so. One of the things that I use my phone for is to read like online stories, like sometimes books, things like that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like a lot of those things have like really long chapters. So when you pause in the middle of one, you know, you're in the middle of a, of a spot, you know, you, and you go do something else or whatever, because you're not. It's going to spend your whole day reading the damn thing. And, and you close Fire... You, you just go around doing your business. You come back to it. Firefox will not remember your position because it almost always, almost always clears itself out of memory. Now, some of this is Android, uh, especially, especially Samsung. Samsung will not let you pin a browser to memory. So, like, a lot of times you can force things not to close. With Firefox or any other browser, you can't. It's just stupid. Um, and it, that, it, that that it, we do have to give Firefox that one there because I can say that is not their fault. Yeah, it's like, still, it just drives me nuts that I mean, remembering positions not that hard. Um, it's been done many times on the desktop. Like Firefox on the desktop can do it. Um, so I don't understand why the mobile version can't do it, especially on Android where they have full control. Like they're using their own engine and everything. On iOS, at least, they can blame the fact that they have to use Safari. So, I don't know. Mobile browser, 
most mobile browsers in period just kind of are terrible but there's a reason why on mobile chrome is the ruler is because it's way better than the firefox version it's just so 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 bad all right moving on to the next one tyler which one did you want to go with next well since we were speaking of bad things let's go with the uh hackers use linux ransomware to attack russian organizations um Kind of interesting. Um, like, like, all right. Look, regardless of how you feel about conflicts across the world that probably don't even affect you in any way, in meaningful way. Um, let's at least right now. But anyway, let's 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 stay on topic. Okay. So, um, apparently, old Gremlin, which is like, um, uh, they're like a nerdy gang that like. They're a ransomware group, but come on, if you're like, if you're gonna create like a ransomware group and like, you're just gonna do bad shit or at the very least questionable shit, don't name yourself Old Gremlin. Like, come up with a, like a badass name. Like, okay, come on. But anyway, so they have uh, apparently done about 16.9 million in ransom like attacks on I, I'm going to assume most of this is towards Russia or Russian you know related stuff but they're making it specifically to target not specifically but they are using like Linux ransomware attack which I just think is so awesome because now we've hit the point where we're starting to become a target, which is awesome. Like, and this is kind of in, interesting to read just in uh, kind of the multiple different ways that they've come up with attacking um, Russian organizations. And it's just, it kind of gives you a, a little. Um, perspective if there's groups of people out there that are like really good at hacking shit and eventually linux desktop linux will catch these people's attention it's a it's a little scary so yeah you know some fun ransomware on the linux side of things fun stuff interesting tidbit it was written in go um mm-hmm. and why are we not surprised? <laughs> of course it's written in Go. Uh come on, man. Um yeah, I look look look. The thing is, when it comes to this stuff, like I don't should we be cheering this on? Because eventually they're gonna point this at someone else. But also um well, Exactly. That's the real problem. It's like it doesn't matter how you feel about it or like how they're using it right now. It's like but all, most of these things get copied. Yeah. I mean, the thing about... I, I'm going to use this opportunity to rant for a minute. When it comes to ransomware, cool. the vast majority of this stuff gets on your machine because you clicked on a link in your email. Um, don't click on links in your email. Um, just don't... I, I don't care if you're using Linux, Windows. Don't don't click on links in your email, ever. Like even, and, and and stop downloading memes off of Discord yes. or wherever else. Like just stop. Like unless you you know absolutely sure you know exactly what you're clicking on, don't click on it because it's. Gonna... But even then, that's that's hold on. Like let's be honest with people here for a second. You if you're going to download something that someone sends to you, you need to download it from a nerd. Like like I wouldn't say like us, but preferentially like people who are like us in that they like technology and stuff, but they're professionals and like they work in security. Sure. When that dude sends you a funny meme, it's probably safe to download. Even if you trust the other person, don't just download their picture because they could have gotten a virus or ransomware and it's just not activated yet. And they're sharing it with you. So, like, just don't do that. Just, like, look at the funny picture on the app and go, ha, 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 and move on. Like, don't download it and save it. It makes you wonder why we haven't come up with a containerized email solution. So, like... Good point. Like, containers are all the rage. Why don't we have a native email client that does 
anytime you click on a link, opens it up in a container. You know, like it cannot, it doesn't have access to anything other than its surrounding environment. You know, it, it would just, yeah. it just makes complete sense. Now, obviously, that's going to come to Windows. It's not, but I mean, <laughs> like, because, like, <laughs> but it seems like something that a Linux developer would want to get into too. But the thing is, like, I was, I talked about this in a video earlier this week. The native email client system situation on Linux is horrible. Uh, and because most people don't use a native Linux client, they just use webmail. And that's where, like, so you can't really do the containerized thing in a browser tab. So, that I mean, that's probably the reason why it hasn't happened. But it, it just makes so much sense to me. Like, we have containers, containerize this stuff. And it, it would, especially in, like, a corporate environment where they use, like, seriously, Outlook has, like, everything under the sun. Why does it not have its own, like, built-in browser that's in a container that can't be... You know, it doesn't have any of these flaws. It doesn't make much sense. I mean, for inter- enterprises, I think like, so- I think we might have just given Mozilla a way to save their fucking business. <laughs> like, like, just make Thunderbird do all. Just open up, like, make Thunderbird be its own containerized environment where whenever you want to interact with a link or anything on the internet, it's like got like a built-in Firefox browser that's completely containerized. Can't can't do shit on your system. Right. Boom. Barely has a- barely has access to the internet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. even building like the the image filtering thing, like you like you know if you get an e- an email that has images uh, in it and it says, "Oh, these yeah. images are not showing up for security purposes." Have that inside the browser so no images show up without you actually having to press a button. You know, um, not only would it make it yeah. faster, but also would I mean a lot of the stuff this stuff comes in through it you know, image files. So, um, yeah. also can't download anything like seriously, just make it so it can't download anything. Um, this is not, this does not seem to be uh, like if, if my dumb ass figured this out. Uh, also just don't click on links. Don't click on links. It's a, it, it, it I know how interesting it is to get a, a cat video from this random person on the internet that you met on Facebook. Um, but yeah, you probably shouldn't click on the link. Um, yeah, but Matt, you don't understand, man. The cat was just so cute. <laughs> like, you're just, you're just not uh, getting it. <laughs> all right. So there, there is random tangent, but I use TikTok. It's horrible of me. I know. Um, but there's so much, some, so there's, all right. So there is the, nor- the stuff you hear about on TikTok that gets all the bad news, like p- kids doing stupid shit and daring each other to do stupid shit. There, there is that. But there's also this there's like a baby red panda account that I follow. <laughs> that, that thing is so adorable. <laughs> like seriously, it's so cute. Anyway, <laughs> I would I would click on the link for that. I'm just saying I wouldn't care if I got malware if I got to see the video. It's so good. <laughs> okay. Um So what's your next article? Yeah, so I'm gonna be talking next about Ubuntu Pro because this blew up big this week so and, and for a couple reasons so first of all what is ubuntu pro it's been around for a while it basically allowed enterprises to pay canonical to uh, add extra support to their long-term releases and uh, this was available for enterprises for a long time but now in a push to make the, de- the desktop more relevant they are al- giving this to consumers you get if you you can do this on up to five computers for free and you get an extra i think it's 10 years of support uh starting with ubuntu 16.04 uh so if you are one of those people who just does not want to update their uh system ever you can do this but it's like if you run or even it's more likely if you run like a home lab you and you have a ubuntu server on there and you don't want to update it because reasons uh you can get security support on that for an extra 10 years um the thing that pissed a lot of people off of course is because canonical canonical just couldn't do something good right this is a good thing right they had to ruin it by putting they had to sprinkle some bad on they had to put an advertisement in the terminal when you didn't update yeah what? Yeah. <laughs> there's an advertisement i actually think that i can follow find this link it's it was on um, I think it was on OMG Ubuntu. Let me. Dude, fuck me. See, oh. this is how this is how developers are gonna end up ruining Linux. 
where like the brilliant idea is like let's just stop asking people for donations and struggling for money let's just start putting in advertisement in system updates yeah so it like if you <laughs> if you run sudo apt dis upgrade on ubuntu even if you don't have anything to update to it says receive additional future security updates with ubuntu pro learn more at ubuntu pro uh, about ubuntu pro at this url <laughs> In the okay, in the, that's not nearly as much of an ad than I was thinking. I was thinking like you're gonna get some like Charmin like toilet paper shit. Well, no, it's just I mean obviously they were doing it for their thing, but it's still it's in the terminal. Um, <laughs> like, like you expect that like you, like you'd expect like a pop up or whatever when you did a I don't know it, it pissed a lot of people off. I don't use Ubuntu so I don't care, but um, no. I don't know it's it's a little weird. Um. I mean, it's not that to, to me. Like, I don't, I don't see this as some like egregious shit. But this is a canonical move. Like, even when they don't like screw up bad, they just they do good shit and make it to where they give they give an opportunity for people well, to just uh, like freak out. Right. So, I mean, you gotta remember, I don't care about this one whatsoever. So, I'm not trying to. Of course, I am trying to feel the flames because it's fun. But uh, <laughs> um, I'm not the one that's caught. That, but the thing is, like. Ubuntu did something good, Canonical did something good, but Canonical also doesn't seem to realize that they're the most criticized company in this ecosystem, right? They're the they're the company that gets the shit for everything that they do, no matter what, mm-hmm. uh, no matter their intentions towards whatever they do, they are always getting this, you know, uh, they're always getting criticized for for stuff, even whether even if there's nothing to criticize, right? They had to have known that this little thing that pops up in the terminal, and as Josh says, it's apparently just one time, uh, was going to catch attention, right? Like it, that was the goal of it too. It's like, hey, check us out here. Right. Maybe maybe there any bad coverage is good coverage. Um, I suppose that that's true, and it's not like this is really bad, but it's just like. But I mean, if we're being honest, like most bad press that Canonical has gotten has only made them more notable. And, like, mm-hmm. it's not like people aren't... The people who aren't using Ubuntu really aren't doing it just because, like, oh, yeah, I've heard Canonical's a devil. It's like, it's like no, that's that's not really it. It's like, they probably have a good reason for not using it. Like, Linux Mint looked really cool, so I just went with that. Like, that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Um, before I forget, because I did notice this in the article... Um, and this is pretty interesting. Um, Ubuntu Pro has a whole bunch of compliance compliance management tools. So um, through Ubuntu Security Guide or whatever, but they have a tool so you can get a whole bunch of different um, uh, cryptographic packages so that you can comply uh, comply with FedRAMP, HIPAA, and like um, PCI DSS related work. I have no idea what that is, but I definitely know what HIPAA. HIPAA is and FedRAMP, so like, kind of, kind of cool. So like, if you're looking, to, like, as a business, like you've got a big business, maybe that does like medical work or anything like that, um, Ubuntu Pro is not just an option; it's uh, a heavily advised one. Right. Plus, if you're like Pretty a really good. small business, because you get five computers, True. you can do this for free, right? And that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, you don't I mean you don't really see I, I think well I, I was gonna say you don't see like Red Hat doing this but Red Hat has a free uh, like t- support tier as well for uh, RHEL um, I'm not sure what the details on that are but I remember seeing that they do have something like that I don't think that it is as generous as this but I could be wrong um, but the the question that I have is does this move the needle on Linux at all? Like, is this something that's going to bring in people to use Linux? Like, the way that a lot of these articles... I don't think so. A lot of these articles... But, hold on, I, I will go ahead and say this. I I think, most likely, this will incentivize some companies to come over to Linux, just because like, it's pretty easy, like, I mean, most servers, like, most IT people are used to using an Ubuntu server, like, that's definitely happened. Um, I mean, I'm not even a professional, and I've used Ubuntu servers many times. So, like, I don't 
I don't think that's going to be that hard, but with all the extra features that Ubuntu Pro has for like businesses in it, it probably is going to incentivize some like smaller, maybe mid-sized companies to try it out and start using that, which only incentivizes more people to use Linux down the line because there will be jobs available, you know, in it. Yeah. So, um, personally, I'm confused by not what Canonical did, but by how this was covered in a lot of places. Like, this still feels like, even though they're doing this for, like, the desktop version of Ubuntu, this feels more like an attempt to gain business support, like, for bringing in very small businesses into Ubuntu uh, who run just, like, maybe one or two servers or just one whatever, and and they want to run Ubuntu desktop along with it, right? Um, This doesn't feel like oh my god canonical cares about the desktop again this doesn't feel like that um i mean maybe because i mean all right most ubuntu desktop users i mean i'm I'm not gonna i mean i'm generalizing here but most of them probably update from lts to lts so they go from you know 2004 to 22.4 when it comes out or if you know once the point release comes out then they move on you wouldn't think that the vast majority of, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who just leave their laptop on 1604, but it seems that's probably pretty rare, right? On a on a like a desktop system, like on a server, it makes tons of sense. On a laptop or a desktop computer, I mean, unless that system's like really really old and it can't support some of the new stuff, I'm not like, why aren't you just updating? I don't. I guess I don't understand those people. Um, I'm ha- having some kind of cognitive, cognitive. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> I, 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 I just don't see the the reason why you went. You, but you got to remember. I, I guess for me, it's not just my personality. I like having the something that's at least close to being as updated as possible. Um, yeah, and there's definitely going to be those people who, like, as soon as their system works, they never update. Like. Well, uh, well, a good example would be there's still people out there using Windows XP. That's true. Other than just the North Korean government. Right, but... Actually, they've moved on. They made their own Linux distro. So That's the reason why yeah. I think that this makes more sense for, for like business. Like Businesses, of course, they're going to leave their, their machines on the oldest version. They don't want to update their stuff and stuff like that. That makes sense. Even their workstation stuff like that. That stuff stays on the oldest version of Windows or Linux as po- as much as possible. For, for like personal desktop users who own their own computer, I would bet money that the vast majority of them update faster than businesses do. You know, so they're, they're going to move from LTS to LTS. Yeah. Um, I, so this, this Ubuntu Pro, I don't think it really moves the needle in terms of desktop support. For businesses, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, and for small businesses, it probably does you know, uh, push some people towards being able to use Ubuntu because they're going to get support for longer. Um, but for regular people, I'm not sure. First of all, they're not – I mean, as somebody said in the chat, and I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Most people aren't going to see this quote-unquote advertisement because they don't use the terminal anyways. Uh, they're going to update from GNOME software. So, I don't know. I mean, look, that's true. And also, someone else said it doesn't really look like an ad, to be honest. And it's like, it really, it, it, to me, it's not really that big of an ad. However, knowing that, like, uh, knowing that we've just talked about, like, ads and, like, you could just give a user an ad as, like, an, a FOSS, like, piece of software not a good precedent to set because we're going to have some more um if you say um i don't give a fuck people be like well i could just like throw in some ads like some charmin you know toilet paper or like hand sanitizer ads and just shove that into an ascii art ad and throw it at you in the terminal hell even the console if you're in the console doing it like it's not a good precedent to set where we're like, you know, as long as it doesn't look like an ad ad, it's okay. Well, plus, I mean, no. <laughs> usually the output from a command like that is reserved for stuff to relate that's related to the command itself, right? You know, the output of the yeah. command. So if Canonical has chosen to do this with the Ubuntu Pro stuff, what are they going to do with it next? You know what I mean? Oh, uh, well, I mean, that's fucking hilarious to think about for a second. Like, like, like you're typing 
the console. <laughs> You're like, like, and update. You press enter, and then just like you've got um, Amazon affiliate What's the girl's links. name? Yeah, like or, or like Flow from like Progressive <laughs> or whatever it is. Like those ads. <laughs> She's you like, hello. Oh, you got the the Geico gecko there. <laughs> <laughs> you're like what the hell is going on all right yeah <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's gonna get that i don't think they're ever gonna do anything with it but it just you're right it does make us think like eh, maybe they're gonna do something else with this space you know um what else are they gonna put there are they gonna you know whatever i don't know fingers crossed we're wrong and this future is just completely ridiculous but i don't know the publicly traded company and like money yeah so um okay so that is uh, that one so tyler your next one your last one last one is uh popper de and i'm gonna piss some people off by saying it like that because it is spelled paper de but uh i'm just gonna call it popper de literally only because i know it will really upset probably five of uh, of you watching everyone else is gonna be like i don't give a shit doesn't matter sounds sounds fun and cool to me um, Popper DE, again, just want to rub that knife in to whoever that upsets. Again, uh, I'm sorry about that. I'm just having a good time. Popper DE is a simple and touch-friendly um, desktop environment for Linux. And we've kind of been seeing more of these like roll out um, or at least come out. Like Jingos was another one. Um, but essentially, a lot of people are now trying to make touch-friendly um, more tablet kind of friendly um, desktop environments, which I think is a great idea because I want to use something like this on the Steam Decks. KDE is fine, but one of these would make way more sense. Like something that's just more designed for a touchscreen when I don't want to use, uh, well, a desktop environment that I'm more used to someone asked is paper d built on gtk it's the answer is that is no it's a it's a qt based uh environment that is running in wayland and wayfire <laughs> um so it's uh it's wayland purely and it's it's very much for touch the it's got very big buttons all over the place i'm, I'm showing it on screen if you can't see it now of course if you're listening to the audio version of this later you're, you're very thankful that i'm showing this on screen because you can really see it you just picture it in your brain really big buttons it's like uh, uh the the application drawer kind of looks like the gnome drawer um just a little bit uh so big buttons and there's like a bar along the side that looks like the kde plasma panel kind of mm-hmm. a little bit um yes but it does i, I think we should clarify it is off like it looks obviously like it's a very early stage project because um, they don't really seem to have their own kind of um coherent style I, I i i don't know how to say that right it looks like they're just now getting to a point where they can really do the bulk of the design work and like fine tune like it's kind of what it the pictures that they've showed off obviously i haven't tried it out yet um but from the pictures and everything that i've seen from it it looks like they've finally gotten all the hard work done on getting it functioning and and working right and now they're just in that kind of phase of fixing bugs and fine tuning the design and everything for it. So I think this is kind of an exciting project. Like I, I think we're going to need more of these. I disagree. Um, oh. This, they're using a lot of KDE stuff here. So the, it looks like they're using dolphin. Uh, it looks like they're using the KDE settings panel. It looks at least they're using the, the settings panel uh, icon from plasma. Um, when it comes to mobile, and it looks like they have Cavantum here, so uh, this is supposed to be touch-friendly, right? That's what it's supposed to be, right? Is for touch. Um, I'm guessing they're aiming more towards touch laptops than mobile, from what I've seen. Because if, like, okay, so you got to remember, I love Plasma, but I don't know if I'd want all that stuff on my mobile phone. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this has to be for, like, a laptop. Oh, well, I highly... From everything I've heard, this is more for like tablets. Like that's the idea behind it. Um, but the, we, we, like that's kind of the thing though that makes it difficult. Because if you're going to make something for a tablet, it should probably also be pretty 
user-friendly on a phone as well. Yeah, well, well, I mean, the, that's the thing. First of all, Plasma is already responsive towards all that stuff. So it's, it's kind of like GNOME in that. It's like it, if you scrunch down the applications, they usually look mobile, so at least some of them, right? Because they're co-developing them to actually work on phones. Um, but also... Um, my, my overarching thing is like, do we really need another desktop environment? Do we really need one? Um, that is something I, yeah, I hadn't even started to think about, but you, you bring up a damn good like, point. I, I, like, maybe it's good. Uh, like maybe they'll be able to bring in some, uh, development for Wayland and Wayfire and stuff like that, that, you know, kind of advances that because that obviously needs it. And that would be yeah, good. We need special sauce there. Right? Um, I could not agree with you more. Maybe some of the development will float upstream to Plasma and QT and stuff like that, and it will work fine. It'll be a good, a good thing to exist. The thing is, is that we've seen this before. Like there's a, uh, I think it's the Numix OS. Numix, I think, is the. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it uses like a it uses a Qt thing, and they they're completely redoing everything. Like they have a brand new file manager, it's called Index or something, and uh, they've been developing it for a long time now, uh, you know, a couple of years. And you use this thing, and it's it's two years later, and it still feels very very alpha. And you just get this sense of like, why, like like. Why, uh, like, I've I've become this guy now that I always look at something like, why does this exist? Why do we need more of this? And like, it's not as if there's anything wrong with it. I just I just want like invent whatever you want to do, redo whatever you want to do. That's the way of the open source world. I'm fine. Uh, but I still I I, I want to know why. You know, I'm like I'm like that two year old kid. Like, yeah, but why? But mom, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> like, why does this exist? I don't like. What's the purpose of it? Like, it's for touch screens, okay? But you're just making. I mean, you've basically made well, KDE, but with bigger icons. I mean, that's kind of the issue with like most tablet like distros nowadays. Is GNOME's gotten to a point where GNOME is making the argument that Gnome is not tablet-friendly is pretty fucking hard. Like, I mean, got big icons, um, big bars, um, has gesture support, so, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, like, really the only argument I see to have a, a different one would be, like, well, I just don't like Gnome or KDE or, like, whatever. Well, like, I mean, the, it would... It would... Makes sense to me if they called it KDE, but with touch support or something like that. If they were trying to actually make <laughs> KDE, like that exists, like KDE Mobile, Plasma Mobile exists. But yeah. if they were actually just trying to make Plasma like more touch friendly for tablets, that makes sense to me, kind of. Um, but to make a whole brand new thing, um, it just it, it it seems weird to me. But more power to them. That's what's great about the open no. source community. You can do whatever the hell you want. It doesn't have to make sense to me. Um, no, uh, that's kind of the good thing. We can disagree with you all we want to, and no one has a problem. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm sure the guy who just called us Yahoo's on Twitter is probably calling us Yahoo's again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, that was an interesting tweet. I, I should, I should read that because I just got that tweet just now. Um, he says, um, where is this thing? Where? I don't actually see it. Um. Oh, there it is right there. Just listening to the October 1st podcast, I got a good laugh listening to these two yahoos crapping all over Ubuntu and Canonical and then go- going on to recommend Pop! OS as d- the default desktop uh, in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in our defense, we, you know, I don't know. <laughs> we don't have a defense. I don't I don't really think we have to defend that. Pop! OS is not Canonical. Um, you know, sure, it's downstream from Ubuntu, but... Not like we didn't know that, and also, I I don't normally get called a Yahoo, so I enjoy that one. Like that one's at least got some spice to it. Like I like it. Yeah, I don't even remember what we talked about on the October first podcast, so um, that's how memorable. It was. Well, apparently we talked about Ubuntu <laughs> and shit all over it, and then said you should use Pop OS. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the last link of the week. 
Um, so this one's interesting. So this is the thing. Uh, so Tyler is a big fan of Zero AD, and someone mm-hmm. in their infinite wisdom stole Zero AD and put it on Steam. Um, now it was not me. Okay, uh, I swear to God, boys, uh, it was uh, not me. So, okay. okay, so not much to the story. Basically, someone took Zero AD, which is free to do. Like you can do this. Like you can upload it to Steam. Everything that they did is legal. Let's be Except honest. Except for one thing. Well, it, yes, one minor detail. They uploaded it as the developer. They did, they took the developer's name yeah. and used it on Steam. That's that that's the, where they went wrong. If they used some, if they used their own name, like a made up name, this would have been perfectly fine. There would have been nothing to go wrong with it. Um, it still would have been kind of sleazy. Um, taking the exact binary, yeah. uploading it, and selling yeah. it for money would have, I mean, would have been sleazy. But at least you weren't you weren't trying to scam people by saying, hey, this is the actual developer uploading it to Steam, and you know trying to sell for money, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's not it's not a great look for whoever did this. And the, but the thing is, is that I still don't think that there's um anything that Steam is going to end up doing about this. Well, other than just removing it from the platform. Yeah. I have a feeling that people are going to not just going to i'm pretty sure most people have already tried to get in contact with steam or let them know that this is a problem yeah and so i don't i don't really think that this is going to go any further than just getting removed off of steam however i do think it would be absolutely hilarious if this thing just keeps happening because there's almost no checks and balances on steam side to keep you from doing this and people have been asking the zero AD devs to put their shit out on Steam for a while now, so this might end up being something that just kind of propels the actual. And I'm not saying people should do this. Like, if you want the developers to put it on Steam, tell them they're the guys behind like zero AD. They're not like utter douchebags and just don't talk to people. Like, try messaging them, try getting your point across, but. Like this might be something that gets them to where they finally put zero AD as early access or whatever on Steam, uh, hopefully for free. But honestly, I really don't give a shit if they want to put it on Steam. Like I love zero AD. I've played the shit out of zero AD. They put it on Steam. I'll buy it for five bucks. I don't give a shit. Like yeah, like they've done a great job with the game. I don't think that they're gonna. I don't think that they would charge for it because they're they're kind of proud of it being free. No. Um, I think part of the reasons why they care about this is because the person is charging eight euros for it. So, um, yeah. well, and also claiming to be them, right. I mean, which that's just those bad are the two things, P, right? Like PR. So this was happening in the Microsoft Store for a while too, and it's probably still happening. Is that you know people uploading like GIMP and Krita and stuff like that to the Microsoft Store and then charging for it? Mm-hmm. Um. And, not only charging for it, but charging a lot of money for it in some cases, like two hundred dollars. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I like no, okay. Um, and some of them were like claiming to like, oh, we improved GIMP or something like that because we changed the icon. <laughs> um, it was dumb. But that that's you're right. This is probably going to happen more and more with with Steam. The the question is, do we see any like policy changes on on Valve's part? Um, I would, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting because like they don't steam doesn't have a real like they, they do a, a lot of good stuff for linux and stuff like that but all their like open source support for actual games doesn't seem to be existent at all no. like you know what i mean it's like when you go to a steam page it doesn't say hey this is under an open source license or something there's no place for that i don't yeah. think um, I well, I I don't think Valve talks about licensing at all with the games. Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe this kind of thing spurs that. You know. You know. You know. Um. It. But whoever did this, stop being such a sleazeball, dude. At least change your name. You know what I mean? I mean that that's literally the only real problem with what he did. Like, uh, I mean, you 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 it. still shouldn't go buy it for eight euros from someone who's not the developer. Yes, yeah, so we, we. Um, that is, a, I, I think that should go without saying. You shouldn't buy something that's free. But also at the same time, the guy who uploaded it pretty much didn't do anything wrong. Right. Like, if you okay. if you have eight euros, 
give the the developers eight euros and still download the, it for the developers. Free. Yeah, the actual <laughs> developers, developers, not of the game. random dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's an interesting world we live in now, I guess, where yes, anybody can upload to Steam and just claim this shit that is theirs, and uh, then use the same name as the developer, which is just mind boggling, mind bogglingly stupid. Um. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, that is the end of the news. The news. Don't sing, Matt. It's bad. Oh, it was good. It was good. <laughs> I can't sing with a damn. All right, moving on to the thingies of the week. So this is the end of the show where we talk about interesting things. Um, in case the stuff we just talked about wasn't interesting. But things that we found interesting, uh, applications tips things like that uh tyler you don't actually have one in the show notes i don't know what's going on there uh yes because i was going to fill it out um but then realized that i couldn't remember where in the frack i can't remember which key it was it was either c or (laughs) d or something like that but i was i couldn't find one letter and so i was just like i screw it (laughs) so anyways i didn't fill it out the thingy of the week tyler what is your thingy of the week uh, mine is uh, Mango HUD, which is like if you're unfamiliar, it's kind of. I think I've talked about it in in one of the recent like um, episodes, maybe I'm not sure, but um, Mango HUD it's a fantastic application for specifically gaming, but um, I mean you could use it with other things, but mainly it's for gaming, um, and it's the little like like HUD that you see up in like the top left-hand corner of people who are playing games, like where it's got a frame counter and um, tells you how much CPU usage, GPU usage and all that shit. It's all that. Um, Pretty much if you're, if you're like going to be gaming on steam or just kind of gaming in general, check it out. It's fantastic. It's, it's, it's really (laughs) awesome. So yeah, Um, that's, that's what, that's what my thingy of the week is. Excuse me. I had a I had a cough. I had COVID there for a second. Oh. Um, well, I'm glad it's gone. <laughs> uh, Mango Hut is good if you if you game. Um, I don't game, mm-hmm. so I don't I, I don't have Mango Hut. Um, I, 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 you notice I still haven't went and bought a, a Steam Deck now. So, I, so <laughs> yet, yeah, no. Well, I mean, it's just that gaming addiction's got to start, and then and then you'll be on board. I could use GNOME on my Steam Deck. There you go. There you go. Um. <laughs> all right. So my thingy of the week is a uh, uh, application that I actually made a video about this week. It's called Lazy Git, and it is um really good. It is a TUI interface for Git, and it basically allows you to see everything that has to do with your repo in one place in the terminal. So you get to see all of the files that have been changed, and you can stage them from there. It shows you the branches. It shows you anything that you have stashed. It shows you the history of your commits. So if you wanted to like revert to a different you know commit, you could reverse and rewind and stuff like that. Um, and then the most powerful part of it is it also shows you the diff right there in front of you. So as you go through and you know cycle through the files and stuff like that, it'll show you the things that have changed in each file, which is really nice. And it's all in one place right in front of you you don't have to enter files or anything like that you could also edit everything right from there if you wanted to so that's lazy get it's really really cool so yeah get on the steam bank video please is that, is that what you're you're doing your thing about no i i, I just noticed that you've got just my webcam up on the screen oh. and so, <laughs> so, I just decided to test to see if you were like how, how on what level you were paying attention. I stopped like, looking at. Ob- I do away. I stopped looking at OBS, um, and I was looking at the 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 Discord screen. So I, I apologize, but I wasn't actually showing Lazy Git, so it doesn't really matter. So don't worry about that. Um, you guys don't want to see me anyways. Tyler's much prettier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I almost said yeah to that. <laughs> you, you can agree. It's all right. No. Um. Anyways. Um. Yeah, so lazy git, check it out. It's a very good. It also has there's also a Vim plugin if you wanted to um, use it in Vim. Uh, so check that out as well. So that's lazy git, and that's the thingies of the week. So that is the end of the podcast for this week. Now we record this live every Friday between 
3 and 3.15 p.m. Eastern time. You'll notice. It is strictly on Friday. Yeah, we never, never do this on Saturday. Is. We've never done it yep. on a Saturday. And if you think that we've done it on a Saturday, you're hallucinating and you should seek medical help. And, and we will ban you <laughs> if you start debating us about it. It's never. This is definitely not Saturday. <laughs> this is definitely Friday. You guys just don't know how to tell time. It's okay. Um, sounds like you guys need a producer. We don't need. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get right on that. Uh, <laughs> I'll just hire myself a producer. Um, anyway, yeah, it's just like who wants to work for some crackers? Anyways, nor <laughs> normally we record this live every Friday between three o'clock and three fifteen Eastern time. We go for around two o'clock. So if you want to watch live, the the LinuxCast.com. Uh, the LinuxCast.com. I can't talk anything. YouTube.com slash the LinuxCast is where you find us live. Subscribe so you don't miss that notification. Hit the little bell icon, all that stuff. Uh, before we go, I should take a moment to thank my current patrons, all these fine people. Thanks to everybody who does support me at patreon.com slash LinuxCast. You guys are all amazing. Without the cha- without you, the channel just would not be anywhere near where it is right now. We just went over 22,000 subscribers, which is just, seriously, mind-fucking-blowing. Um, congrats nuts um still don't still not over my jealousy over other people being having more subscribers but that's apparently uh something that does just go away <laughs> it's dumb it's dumb to be jealous over other youtubers but it happens um like like somebody who started way after you that now has 40,000 subscribers just like i make better videos than this person why are they getting all the attention why aren't you guys watching my videos it's really i mean certain and, <laughs> There's that little voice in my head, like. <laughs> really hey, well, that that voice drives you to like do better and stuff. So or, like, or it makes you, you dri- dri- gotta have them. Or drives you to drink, and that ex- <laughs> explains so much. Anyways, that is the podcast. We will see you guys next week. Bye.